0: I went through a very, very terrifying uh, psychic attack, entity attack, as a result of working with, of being in contact with some spiritual teachers who said they were working with angels and benevolent beings, but they were actually working with dark entities. I actually thought that I would not survive. I thought it was going to kill me.
1: Hello and welcome to Passion Harvest. I am Louisa, your host. Thank you so much for joining me wherever you are in the world right now. Our guest today is Maya Zahira. She experienced a very intense and dangerous entity attack. Maya works in the field of psychic protection. She's the author of several books including the Psychic Attack Sourcebook. This is her story and This is
0: her passion, Maya. Welcome to Passion Harvest. Thank you so much for having me here, Louisa. Today I'm going to be teaching a bit about psychic protection and psychic attack, but there's a reason why I know about these things, not from working with a mentor, not from reading books or doing a certification class, but from going through it firsthand, So it actually started when I was young. I was adopted into a family where I was the youngest of five, and my adopted mother was, in my opinion now as an adult, I believe she was demonically possessed. As a child, I didn't have any frame of reference to understand the terrifying behaviors and the changes in her behavior. But um, it was definitely an interesting way to grow up, and it actually did set the stage for future paranormal targeting, so to speak, because then when I was in my 20s, I spent some time living in an old farmhouse that was terribly haunted, and there weren't just a variety of ghosts, but there was a very dark entity there. And uh, I did come under attack when I lived there and it ended up causing me some very significant health issues um, as a result of that entity attack. And this is actually outside of some, some people's belief paradigm that an entity can actually cause physical harm. And so then I went on with my life and I um, it. I just considered it to be one incident, and I tried to heal my body, and I got into um, the holistic healing field and the spiritual field, and I actually worked for 25 years as a feel-good spiritual um, guide and teacher and energy healer, and I was teaching Reiki classes, I was teaching empowered um belly dancing classes for women and women's empowerment retreats and drumming workshops. And, uh, you know, it was all really important work, but how it was different from my work now is that it was all very feel good work. And I definitely did not want to work with any of the hard stuff that I work with now. If someone had told me 15 years ago that I would be working in this field, I would have told them that they were crazy if they had told me I was going to be working with psychic protection and helping support people who are going through difficult issues I would have said no way there's no way I want to do that but then in 2016 um, I really think um, creator source whatever you want to call it put put me through a spiritual boot camp and I went through a uh, very, very terrifying uh, psychic attack, entity attack, as a result of working with, of being in contact with some spiritual teachers who said they were working with angels and benevolent beings, but they were actually working with dark entities. So it was pretty mind blowing. And um, I, that, um, situation i actually thought that i would not survive i thought it was going to kill me it was really terrible and i think the big takeaway point here with that situation was that um all of my co- my spiritual colleagues that i reached out to for help and support like help what should i do this thing is happening and i think it's going to kill me they would all say things like well just burn sage or they would say, well, that that doesn't exist. Evil energy doesn't exist. Like, this is just some darkness from within you. Or you just have unresolved karma. And that's why this is happening. So our hands are tied. We can't help you. So I literally got no help. I actually received a lot of judgment from the spiritual community. And a a lot of people um, left my world. A lot of people blocked me. A lot of uh, my colleagues, they didn't want to have anything to do with anything unless it was love and light, la la land. And so as you can imagine, I did make my way through that situation. I figured out how to get free from it, but there was a very important point in that process. There was one night when I wasn't quite cleared of that issue. And I went to bed in the middle of the night because I was afraid to go to bed at that point. And I just said out loud, I said, if I ever get through this, if I ever get through this, I can't imagine other people having to go through this alone. I know. I just knew in my gut I I said, I know I'm not the only person who's gone through something others. I couldn't be the only one. And the worst part of this is going through it all alone with no support and not having any idea what to do and having no one understand me and feeling so alone. Like that makes it doubly traumatic. So if and when I get through this, I want to help others. And so, as you can imagine, I did get through it. And the first thing that I did, I think it was a month or so after I cleared that situation, I started a free Facebook group and that free Facebook group is still going. It's called Psychic Protection Sanctuary Facebook group. And it's just a place where people can go to share their story, to be understood, Um because the thing is, is there are plenty of people who have gone through these circumstances. But if someone is blessed enough to not have gone through this, they just don't understand. Like they can try to empathize. But a lot of, t- a lot of people who are going through these situations, they will try to get support from their loved ones or their spiritual community their friends, et cetera. And even those who are trying to be supportive don't really understand. They just can't relate. And then there are plenty of people who aren't supportive who say, well, that didn't really happen. You're just making it up. So it's so, it's like incredibly healing for people when they realize there are other people who understand what they've gone through. And that that in itself is so powerful.
1: Oh gosh, Maya, what what experiences you've had and I'm so sorry you've had to do it alone. But I guess you're a beacon of light to share it with other people. I want to move on to how to if 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 we're under entity attack, how do we even know what what are the tools to do it? But I just have to ask you in the concept and time frame of this interview, how how did you know your mother was
0: demonically possessed? Yeah, that's a great question. All right. So this might sound weird, but when you've grown up in a certain environment, that's really toxic or terrifying, but you just don't have a frame of reference that that's not normal. Like you just think that's normal. You're a four-year-old kid an eight-year-old kid and these things are happening and you just don't it's just normal and it's kind of weird that it wasn't until really in the last 10 years as I was reviewing memories from my childhood it was this weird moment when the light bulb went off and I went oh my god I think she was possessed now I of course, I can never prove that, but it is something that I believe. And here are some indications, okay. Now, when I was in my early 20s, um, I was told that it was mental illness, and it's quite possible that that's what it could be. But knowing all of the things that happened to be to me moving forward and the level of negative spiritual targeting that I experienced, Keeping that in context, that's what gave me the clarity. So I looked back at my childhood, I looked back at my teenage years, and I had very specific memories of sitting across the kitchen table from my mom, just having a normal mom conversation with her, you know, telling her about my school day, and she's asking me, you know, what did you do at recess, how are your friends, whatever, and then mid-sentence, she would stop she would stop mid-sentence. Her voice, her, the first thing that would happen is her eyes would change. And I would be sitting just a foot or two from her. So I could see her eyes very clearly. Her eyes, her pupils would, in a split second, would go down to tiny, the tiniest imaginal, imaginable pinpoints. And then she would start speaking and her voice would be a different voice. It was a male voice, very gruff. And um, like she would talk about how she wanted to murder people and kill herself and that she hated everyone. Um, And when those moments happened, there was never anyone else there. It was just me and her, but my, my other siblings had plenty of experiences with her going into like screaming fits and things like that. She would just go crazy and here's how it was considered normal. She would, she would do this. And then we would all joke that the neighbors five doors down could hear her screaming And, and it was like this joke that all the neighbors, the whole neighborhood knew when she was upset. And that's an example of how all of that was normalized. Now, I don't know if any of my other siblings had private individual experiences like I did, where it seemed like something took her over Um, because I don't. We just haven't had those conversations. Yeah.
1: Look, I've experienced, not with my mother, but with different individuals, I have no doubt that you are correct that in some way she did have an entity attachment. My question is, is that an excuse for someone's behaviour?
0: Oh. My first thought is it's not an excuse. People are responsible for their own behaviours, it's a reason it's a reason why she was acting the way that she was but it's not an excuse in her case i think that she was in some ways inviting it in um I'm not saying that everyone who has an entity attachment invites it in because there are plenty of people that are simply victims of that. But it's interesting that just in my observation, not I'm not a therapist and I'm not a mental health specialist. So just as a spiritual worker, my interpretation, my uh, observation is that mental illness and entity issues there tends to not be a a distinction like a distinct line and what I mean by that is that sometimes there's a mental illness there and then an entity or specifically a demon might come along and utilize that mental illness to their benefit and just like feed upon that and magnify it and make it an even bigger issue and so it kind of works together or a person might not have the mental illness but then the entity comes along hooks in to the person and then the entity is actually causing the mental health issues.
1: Gosh we're getting deep here. (laughs) Yeah Um, well thank thank (laughs) you so much for sharing that I just want to Mm -hmm. briefly touch on the haunted house what happened
0: (laughs) okay yeah I actually share the um, story about the haunted house in the introduction of one of my books so if somebody was really wanting to know like all of the intricate details as well as my attack in 2016 that put me on this course of uh, this path and that, that book is called Darkness Disguised as Light, The Hidden Truth About Psychic Protection and the Illusion Matrix. So I was in my mid twenties. I had just gone through a divorce. I was trying to make a fresh start for myself. And I had a plan that eventually I was gonna move to a new city, but I needed to save up the money. So I moved out of my rental place where I was living And there was an opportunity to live with an elderly woman named Dorothy in her old farmhouse uh, and it would be rent free. And I was just supposed to be there and help support her at night when her when her day nurse wasn't there. And so I'm like, great, this is wonderful. It's a win win. And I can save money if so I can move to this new city in six months. So I went ahead and moved my stuff into my my personal bedroom there, and the first night that I went to bed, I laid my head on my pillow and this the moment that I closed my eyes, this the moment that I closed my eyes, all of a sudden I heard what sounded like thousands of whispers, thousands of really loud whispers. and I immediately thought oh my gosh, this place is haunted. Like why, it was so, it wasn't in my mind. You know, we can have thoughts in our mind, like kind of an auditory thing going on in our mind. No, it was external. It was so loud, but I couldn't hear what any of them were saying. It was just whispers turned up on high volume and there were lots of them. And so then... I thought, oh man, why didn't I check for that? No, I wasn't, this was a long time ago. I didn't have all of the knowledge base that I do now, but I was still kicking myself and things actually did get worse. I, um, I started to see some different ghosts uh, actually in my room. And these were pretty benign spirits, they didn't feel evil. But then a couple of weeks in, there there was one spirit that was extremely evil, and I woke up in the middle of the night uh, when it was on top of me. So it was a very serious attack, and um, then the next day, when I got up, I was like, Uh, I'd like to pretend that that didn't happen. (laughs) I was like, I don't really want to think about that. (laughs) Maybe that didn't really happen, even though I knew that it did. And then a couple of days later, I was in the bedroom and I heard a man's voice. It sounded like he was standing like this far away from my ear I heard a man's voice and he said my name and it was really drawn out. It was so spooky. It was like, and I swear that happened and it was external. Again, it was not an internal clairaudience. It was external. When that happened, I remember I was like, okay. I really do have a problem on my hands. I finally admitted it because I was in denial before that. And so I was able to use some tools, even back then before I knew everything that I knew now, I was able to figure out some ways to, at at that time, at least get it to move out of my space. And I was able to get it to move into the attic and then um, I just could not wait to move. I did move six months later, but the, the health issues continued for um, several more years, and it took me a long time to recover from that. Gosh, gosh. yeah, <laughs> I've got
1: goosebumps and I feel sick at the same time. Um, <laughs> so what, what is an entity attack?
0: yeah, that's a really good question. and And I just want to say, bravo to everybody who stuck with that story because it's it's definitely spooky. But I think we need to know, like think think we really need to understand that these things can literally happen to anyone. No matter how vi- high vibe you are, no matter how much you focus on the positive, I actually get a lot of clients who've are, who come to me and they're so confused. Like Maya, I'm so confused. I thought I was doing everything right. I thought I was focusing on the positive. I was, um, I, you know, I have a really high high vibration. How did this happen to me? And it can literally happen to anyone just like anyone can get into an auto accident or anyone can get sick all these things can happen to anyone so what what is an entity attack this is when uh, this is also sometimes called a psychic attack there are different kinds of psychic attacks some are initiated by a person who is up to no good and who knows how to send negative energy they have some knowledge of either occult practices or how, how to utilize energy and they are misusing their knowledge and sending um, manipulating or harmful energy to an, another person. And that's much more common than people would like to believe. But there's also the entity attack and this is where one or more negative spiritual beings can um, either harass, or mess with a person or even outright attack them or attach to their energy field and siphon life force energy or even attach to the person and send them um, harassing thoughts, the thoughts or even auditory messages. Um, so there are people who, who will you know, hear um, frightening things and it's coming from an entity. There's also a little tricky thing that can happen, and it's also very common, and this is when an entity that happens to be more of the trickster type of personality will have a different approach. Instead of just going in, saddles blazing, to try to immediately harm the person or terrify them, they'll first show up trying to pretend to be a spirit guide an ascended master, an angel or something like that. And this is actually what was happening with this situation that I mentioned in 2016, where I I was associated with some spiritual healer teacher types who thought that they were working with these benevolent beings and they were actually false light entities so that's another form of attack but it's actually more of a trickster kind of thing where the person doesn't realize that the being that they've invited in willingly is actually siphoning their life force energy and giving them false messages and just having having a ball like they, they think it's hilarious and fun to do that kind of trickery. You you spoke about
1: the entity attacks, psychic attacks from a individual, from a well, a human, a living person um, practicing the occult. Can we experience psychic attacks from someone who has ill intent towards us, not necessarily practicing the occult or has yes. negative thoughts? Or
0: <laughs> yes, absolutely. And I'm really glad that you brought that up. Um, and there is a type of psychic attack. So we could actually split the personal psychic attack into two categories as well. There's the personal attack that's intentional, and this is where someone is engaging in occult practices, or they've hired someone to do the occult practices for them. Yeah, and that happens a lot. And then there's the other type of personal psychic attack that's unintentional, And it's where like, the person might have a lot of hatred and jealousy and all sorts of negative feelings, and they might hope that that person fails or even dies or has some horrible thing happen to them, but they don't realize that the vitriol, the emotions and the powerful thoughts that they're sending out, that they're emitting, are actually energy that's getting sent out to that person. And if that person is even somewhat sensitive, they will receive it at very much exactly like a psychic attack. It'll be exactly the same as someone who did black magic. And I've had this happen before where someone um, sent very hateful thoughts my way that they wanted me to die. And I, um, I felt it when it hit me, like it was so, there was so much hatred that, um, like it really got, it got through my protective field. It came through so unexpectedly and I did get sick, but I was able to clear it after a couple of days and I was able to, um, get my, my vitality back, but that, that was not from black magic. That was from some seriously messed up, hateful energy. Well, you just touched on it, but how do we know if we're under entity or psychic attack? (laughs) That's a great question. So let's talk about some of the indications. So everything that I'm going to name off these indications of psychic attack, they can also be caused from mundane, normal causes. So we want to kind of just keep everything in perspective. And and we want to not jump onto one extreme or the other. The first extreme is not ever admitting that there's a psychic attack when there really is one. And when we are just in total denial, that actually gives the psychic attack the ability to really ramp up and become seriously dangerous. But then we can get into the other end of it where we just get so caught up into fear and being in fear is not a good thing. And, And just assuming like every, creak on the floor in our house is an entity or that like every little negative feeling is like oh my gosh I'm under attack and we don't want to be assuming that everything is so we want to keep like a really grounded balanced perspective one of the common symptoms of a psychic attack is nightmares and our Dreaming mind can often pick up that there is something coming at our energy field before our conscious mind even can recognize it. So, we definitely want to pay attention to our dreams. Now, can we have nightmares and not be under psychic attack? Absolutely, yes. Sometimes our mind is working through past traumas, sometimes we're we're just stre- we're under a lot of stress there are a lot of reasons for negative dreams but just remember to pay attention to those dreams because a lot of times they are telling us they're they're giving us information about what's going on either in our life or in our energy field before our conscious mind has figured that out and then another symptom is simply a feeling of dread like, oh my gosh, I just can't shake the feeling that there's something with me or that there's just some negative energy and I can't put my finger on it. I don't know how to describe it, but I just have this bad feeling, this, this dreadful feeling. Another symptom is unusual amounts of bad luck. So we all have periods of bad luck now and then. We all have periods of good luck. So we don't want to assume that, you know, if you lost your job or something else, you know, you had an auto accident, that that means you're under psychic attack. But it is something to consider. It's something to look at that if everything is falling apart all at once, you definitely want to consider that there might be somebody sending some negative energy your way. Another area that a lot of people don't even think about is um, an uptick in life drama. It's like every person is coming into your life with all sorts of crazy behaviors and they're they're saying and doing things constantly that are even triggering you. Now it's nor it's a normal human thing to get triggered we all get triggered. But if it just seems like people are coming out of the woodwork to just mess with you, like what is going on? Sometimes that can be an indication that, that there's a psychic attack that's trying to ramp up. And what happens is that other people unknowingly get recruited into that energy. And I call that secondary psychic attack. It's where the, uh, there are people who aren't the primary target who get nudged to mess with the person who is the primary target and then of course we have these standard paranormal symptoms like lights flashing um, I had lights flashing during my situation in 2016 um if there are like things flying across the room you definitely like that's 100% sure that you have an issue but even even um Keeping a balanced approach. If lights are flashing in your house, do you have an issue with your electric wiring? You know, is that something you want to get checked out, or is it an entity issue? So we want to stay balanced with that. Um, so the, those are actually the most common symptoms that that we want to consider. So I guess I guess my next question, well, two
1: questions how do we clear it? And how do we protect ourselves?
0: Mm -hmm. So there are two approaches to clearing. The most popular approach is this like quickie fast food drive through, like let's just throw everything at it and get rid of this thing right away. Now, That actually can help. It can actually um, alleviate some of the major symptoms so you can get your head above water, but it usually does not establish a long-term permanent clearing solution. So I'm gonna show you both approaches. I'm gonna show you some of my like quick fix emergency tools and these are really good tools to have. And then we can talk about the the more holistic approach, because here's the thing. If someone is dealing with a psychic attack, there's probably some reason for that. There are usually root causes. There are reasons why a person has become vulnerable to something like this. It can be an issue in their ancestry. It can be past Paranormal experiences when they were younger ended up causing damage to their energy field. So now they're still attracting that. If someone has had a past or current issue with drugs, alcohol, addiction, that also creates issues in the energy field that can make them vulnerable. Um, Or if they are working, if they are involved in spirituality, but not using proper discernment, that can also them at risk so that's why it's important not just use these immediate clearing techniques but to look at the root causes so let's talk about my three main tools that I recommend I call these physical tools because they are physical things you can hold as opposed to spiritual tools that we would use that would involve learning different, meditations or learning how to move energy in certain ways. And that takes some time to learn when someone is in the middle of a psychic attack, let's be real. They usually don't have very many brain cells (laughs) available because they're super stressed out and overwhelmed. And that is only a very human response. So it's great to have these physical tools that we can use and you don't have to have any special knowledge or ability And the top tool is frankincense, and I pulled out my little bag of frankincense. It is actually little pellets, and I show this because not everybody knows when I say frankincense, they think maybe of like um, incense sticks, and a lot of the frankincense scented incense sticks are actually made with synthetic materials and you want to be using actual frankincense there's a long history of burning frankincense and using the smoke of that tree sap of the of the dried tree sap pebbles Um, there's a long history of using that to drive out evil spirits and the catholic church has used it for eons and there's there's a reason for that now you can't light frankincense on fire like you can with sage and dried herbs you can't just take a match to the pebbles and have it light so what you have to do is you have to get yourself a fire safe bowl and this process will make your bowl so much hotter than just burning sage so i use soapstone because it's um it doesn't get as hot if you use like a porcelain, a porcelain bowl, it's probably going to crack and break and you're going to lose your bowl. So this is my soapstone bowl. And I have the bottom filled with either salt or sand to help um, create a little bit of airspace below this, which is a little incense charcoal. And what you do is you light the incense charcoal and then you set it down. And you blow on it, being careful not to blow any ashes into your face until the whole thing glows red. And then it's all lit and hot and ready to go. And then you can sprinkle some of your frankincense pellets on there. And you want to create a lot of smoke. And if you feel like you have an entity issue in your own energy field, you can burn Burn this frankincense and use the smoke in your own energy field. If you feel like you have an issue in your home, then you can um, burn it and fill your whole home with this smoke. Just be aware if you have babies or pets, birds, especially birds, can't can't handle that. You'll want to move them outside until you can air out the space. So that's the number one tool. Of course, there are a variety of other things that you can burn, but we can't go over all of those in this particular video. It's too much information. So I always tell people in a pinch, you want to have frankincense. And then the second of the three tools is salt. And I pulled out my salt. This is just normal salt from the grocery store or the dollar store. It's in the Um, cardboard cylinder you can use fancy salt if you want to like sea salt himalayan salt etc but you don't need to you could just use this the thing about salt is that it tends to disempower spiritual entities so so if you are getting attacked at night for example you can take this and pour salt under your pillow and sleep with the salt under your pillow. And it does make it more difficult for whatever was attacking you at night to get at you because it's just harder for them to engage through salt. If you, let's give another example. If you went to a location or an event or something where you, you come home and you feel like maybe you picked up something negative, Um, and you're not, you may, maybe you're not even sure if it was just a, like a slimy energy or it was an actual entity. You're not sure if you can go and take a salt bath with any kind of salt, even Epsom salt. If you take a salt bath, um, you're most likely going to be able to pop that entity off of your energy field, uh, because the, the salt water is going to cleanse your aura so the soonest that you can take that cleansing bath, the more likely you'll be able to immediately clear it off unless it is a really nasty, nasty thing. And then you might have to do a series of baths. So salt, you can also pour salt along the entranceway, the, the um, opening of your, your doorway to your front door, your back door. Just pour a line of salt there and then if a guest comes over to your house that has a negative entity attached to them it's very likely that that entity will will be popped off of the person before like as they enter the threshold And then um, sometimes people like their entity attachments, I mean, consciously or unconsciously, they they like it. So that hitchhiker might hop back on when they leave, but they're not, the the spiritual hitchhiker isn't coming into your house. So those are a couple of tips with salt. And then the third tool is water. And I love that this is one of the tools, because it's so inexpensive. You can literally just use any kind of purified water. I like to get these glass bottles and you can take either water that you've blessed, that you've blessed in your garden, that you've blessed with your with with healing intent, or you can get holy water from a Catholic church if if that's your your um, direction that you'd like to go. And you just put the water in here. I like to put a pinch of salt in it. So you're getting the benefit of the salt and the water and you literally spray it into your energy field. Now, this is what I would call a softer technique. So if someone has, let's say a demon in their energy field, this is not going to be enough to clear it off. But the frankincense should give them a lot of relief. But this is more like if you're an empath or if you're a sensitive person and you don't want to be picking up on everybody's energy slime when you're on the bus or walking down the street, if you spray salt water into your energy field, it helps keep it squeaky clean, like literally squeaky clean throughout the day. And you can do also lots of fun things with your spray, with your Spray water, you can, um, you know, pr- play tuning forks to put certain kinds of sound frequencies into the water. You can put crystals in your water. You can make moon water by putting the, wa- the water out on the full moon, sun water, putting it out in the direct sunlight. So you can get really creative with it. But the idea is you want to have purified water. A pinch of salt at least and you can do other things with it too and spray it into your aura and it's just going to help you on it on a daily basis it's more of like a daily maintenance tool
1: gosh maya thank you for sharing those tips we often hear about putting a white light of protection around us what what are your
0: thoughts on that okay i'm so glad that you asked about that so Having an energy boundary, like um, visualizing or intending a light around your energy field, is not a bad thing. So, you can definitely learn some techniques or practice some techniques for visualizing light around your aura. But people get confused about this. They think that if they're having some unwanted spiritual activity, that if they just visualize white light, that will fix the problem. And it doesn't. I'm just going to tell you right here. I'm going to tell everybody. It does not fix it. Visualizing light in your aura is more of like a daily maintenance, building up your energy Field is more of a daily maintenance technique, as opposed to an emergency clearing technique. So absolutely, there are approaches that I teach my students about how to create um, grids of protection, energy filters around the boundaries of your aura, and that's very beneficial And that's more of like a a long-term approach that you'll want to learn and practice. You want to have a daily spiritual practice, but a daily routine is different than emergency care. Does that make sense? It does. So number one, 101 is frankincense. Yes. Okay. Absolutely. (laughs) Absolutely. But uh, it's also good to learn those daily practices because then if you have your daily spiritual routine, the truth is that you will be less likely to experience a serious issue, a serious unwanted spiritual issue in the future. Or if something does happen, you'll be able to move it out much more easily and quickly. Because the, the thing is, is we have these physical tools like frankincense but if we don't have any kind of daily spiritual protocol, then we're still leaving ourselves open to anything that might get sent our way or that we might accidentally run into. And so we want to have some different things that we do on a daily basis. And I call this my five-part approach. The first of the five parts is grounding, centering, and anchoring. So the thing is, and I know this kind of sounds boring to a lot of people like, oh yeah, grounding, grounding. I already know about grounding. But if someone is not grounded and they run into some unsavory energy, it's much more likely that that energy is going to glom onto them. But if the person is really grounded, centered, anchored, really stable, in their own energy, then it's less likely that something is going to hook in. So it's absolutely vital that we not only ground and connect with our earth, but we also need to center. We need to learn how to not have scattered energy. Like our energy is all over the place, or we're constantly reaching up to the higher realms because we're so drawn to that. The higher realms are wonderful. But if we've exited our body and we're not even like here present in our physical body it's a lot easier for other stuff to come in it's like if you leave your house vacant and the door open (laughs) then like robbers can come so that's why it's so important to be grounded to the earth but also really present very embodied present within your body and then the second part of the five-part approach is that we need to learn how to have energy boundaries. So this could be the white light that you mentioned. I actually don't like to use the, the visualizing white light. I like to use, if I'm going to visualize a light, I like to visualize golden light because white light sometimes attracts those false light imposter trickster entities that we talked about. And we don't want to be drawing that in. So I like golden light because that's very aligned with divine source. That's my preference, but whatever kind of energy boundaries, energy filters that you can establish so that you're holding your auric energy in, you're not leaking it, leaking it all over the place. Like a lot of empaths accidentally do. And you're also not letting in every negative energy. So you have these boundaries. This is something that I teach my students. We have actually five layers to our grids of protection that that I teach them. And then the third part of the five-part approach is to every day spend time connecting with your spiritual allies. This can be your angels, your your guides, your ancestors, earth elementals, earth spirits, um, whoever your allies are. Now, there are people who prefer not to work with spiritual allies. And if that's the case for someone, then you need to spend every day connecting with your own soul, connecting with divine essence. But the reason why this is so important is that if you do ever have a negative spiritual encounter, you want to have allies that are also spiritual that are on your side that you can call on and if you've never developed a relationship with them it's a lot harder to call on them and get the the powerful level of support that you need like a lot of people will wait until they're under attack before they call on archangel michael and then they think magically that's going to fix it but it's it's equivalent to if you met someone once at a party and you talked with them for five minutes or two minutes. And then um, a week later, your car breaks down at three in the morning and you're stranded two hours from the nearest city. And you call up that person and you say, Hey, I need help. I'm in the middle of nowhere. Can you come and pick me up? And the person is like, what? I don't even know you. (laughs) And so this is why we need to have an established support system that is spiritual in nature so that we have uh, allies in the spiritual realm. And then the fourth part of the five-part approach is the spiritual cleansing part. And that can be with the water, salt, salt baths, frankincense. There's a huge list of different kinds of cleansings that you could do either with physical tools or with guided meditations with um, different spiritual practices that you can do to cleanse and balance your energies, even balancing your chakras. The more balanced that your energies are uh, and the more you're doing that spiritual cleansing, uh, the better shape that you're in so that any negative energies that you encounter are not going to have as much effect on you. And then the final part of the five-part approach is addressing root causes. And we have to do this part because otherwise you'll solve the immediate issue, but then um, two years, like two months or two years or 10 years down the road, a similar but different issue comes into your life and you're still having that issue. So root causes could be uh, some, some type of ancestral issue or trauma that you've had in this lifetime that's been unresolved. Um, damage to your energy field that hasn't been resolved yet. So we want to look at figuring out what possible root causes there might be so that you can address those. And it can be even like childhood trauma. Like you need to do the emotional work, need to do that, the the emotional work, the physical healing, the the spiritual healing work um, in a holistic way so that you go forward in your life knowing that Uh, You're stronger and more empowered and you're not just throwing frankincense at a problem every once in a while. Like you want to make it so you don't need that frankincense as much or at all, except for maybe just as a routine thing that you do every couple of weeks, just like you clean your house. Uh, It's just a routine thing, but not because you are going through craziness all the time. Right. Right.
1: That was incredible. Oh my gosh. Um, Thank you so much for sharing it with me and the amazing Passion Harvest audience. Where's the best
0: place for people to connect with you? Well, there are a few places. So the first place that people can connect is my website, and that is psychicprotectionsanctuary.com. And they can actually get a free gift. They sign up for the email newsletter, the free gift is a quiz that helps you determine if you're under psychic attack. And even if you don't think that you're under attack, just having access to that quiz and reading it over helps you understand a lot of the symptoms that we didn't even have time to talk about today. There's Mm -hmm. a huge list of potential symptoms for psychic attack. Wonderful.
1: Wonderful. And I will leave a link to your website in the show notes. So People can uh, click on that if they didn't get the details. Maya, thank you so much for being on Passion Harvest and, again, for sharing your experiences and the tools and tips to how to protect ourselves. Thank you very much.
0: Thank you for having me on your show. Oh, it's my pleasure. thank you for being (laughs) so open. Yeah. Yeah, And thanks to everybody for being so open and, and really looking at things that are that are really important to learn about.
1: You're welcome. Thank you. Bye. (laughs)